Nathan, we do a very simple podcast in which we listen to punk, hardcore, and punk and hardcore adjacent music that people send in to us. It's typically our first time hearing the releases in question. The format is as follows. We have 10 bands in the queue every week. We roll some dice and we get through between five and seven of them, give our honest reaction to them. We are not critics. It's not a review show in a traditional sense. We don't make a lot of value judgments about the music. We encourage everybody to come to their own conclusions. Go support the stuff they like by purchasing physical media when it's possible to do so. Uh, when shows start happening again, go see bands. The whole reason that we do this, other than to just uh, have a good time, is uh, because we really like punk and hardcore genuinely. So we like to big up it at every opportunity that we can and remind people that uh, grass is greener, rose-colored glasses approach to this shit sucks. The best stuff is always the stuff that is happening right now. Be engaged, go out, buy music, uh, pay attention to what's going on because there are always young people doing new, vital, cool shit. Uh, So we just, uh, yeah, we hope to encourage uh, people to support that and continue to support that and not fall into old dude syndrome with this show. Um, I, uh, so I have a, a, a note up top. Okay. Um, something that I noticed today because I was listening to MS paint on Spotify while I was out and about, um, MS paint, very dope band from Hattiesburg, Mississippi that we've big upped a lot on the show, um, have become some homies of mine. I sell, uh, I sell a bunch of jackets to Randy, one of my top jacket buyers, um, so I was listening to it because I've just been spending it a shit ton lately because it's very, very, very good. Um, and I recently got the actual physical cassette in hand. So I've been been spending that on the tape deck too. Um, I was looking at the like fans also like section on their Spotify. Okay. And it was not a lot of bands that sound sonically similar to MS Paint, like one might expect, but instead was exclusively bands that we big up on the podcast it was like gum protocol uh oily boys um cold brats a bunch of shit and then i looked at a few of the other bands that are bands that we've like bigged up big up regularly on the podcast and it's the same deal so i think that there is like a new subsect of of hardcore kid that is the demo listener subsect where they listen on Spotify, like their main artists are all like artists that we've big up. <laughs> okay. That's kind of weird. It's kind of weird, but it's sick too. Like I was like, Oh shit. Cause like, I was like, I, I would have thought it, maybe it was a coincidence, but like all of the bands represented were so sonically disparate. And like I said, when I went in and started looking at other bands that we've talked about, like goon was on there. Um, it was all bands that we've like plugged repeatedly and said, said nice shit about so yeah i guess there's a, a spotify demographic of kids that listen to things we like on demo listen yeah that's weird there's also i don't know something um slightly dystopian about it <laughs> yeah i mean anytime you get like algorithms and like tech involved you know it it can veer into the into the dystopian category pretty quickly for sure but yeah yeah um, but I don't know, at least this is a cool application of the AI algorithms that are plotting our demise. Sure. Sure. Um, so, at, so, at least we can listen to good music while they 
fucking compact us into their bioreactors to fuel their war dogs. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that was just a, a little note I had up top. Something I thought was uh, was kind of cool. Um, you know, shout out to everybody who actually checks out the stuff that we play on this podcast. Again, like I just said at the top of the episode, like that's why we do it. We want people to go like listen to and support the band. So it's uh, it's really dope when I see people actually doing that. Um, Nate, do you have any, uh, notes, thoughts, points of order up top? No, I had a pretty good week. I've been super busy. We just purchased a bunch of like a good piece of new land with some pretty high quality habitat on it that I've been mapping and, um, going in and doing like plant IDs. So I've been pretty busy cause that's on top of my normal stuff, but it's pretty nice because it's, I don't know, it's, uh, it's, a. They are plants, and it's a type of habitat that virtually nobody in Indiana will ever get a chance to see. Um, really? And it's uh, pretty rare, and it's, uh, I don't know, man, it's what makes my job, like, satisfying, is I literally get paid for at least some of my, you know, some of my job description literally just involves me going out and walking around in, uh, in nice places and identifying the plants that I see and writing them down. Yeah, that kicks ass. I'm I, I am uh, I'm envious of that. That's very dope. Yeah. So that was pretty nice. Had a good night's fishing last mm-hmm. night. One of the best nights fishing I've had in a while. Pulled up some uh, some river monsters. Cool. So that was nice. Our uh, fish hatchets were slick with gore by the end of the night. So that was cool. <laughs> Did you go out? Who'd you go out with? Uh, a friend of mine from uh, a, f- a friend of mine that used to work for me. He was one oh, of my okay. assistants, and he lives in the area. So. Right on, cool. Hell yeah, um, glad to hear it. And also, the weather's been beautiful, so I'm sure I'm sure work stuff is uh, is even better. It's like nice and cool, but it's still been like sunny and wonderful out. Yeah, it's been like sixty to seventy degrees. It's been pretty nice. So yeah, not bad. Yeah, I feel you. I've I've had a I've had a good ass week too. I I kind of got into a slump for a few days just at the beginning of the week because I went and saw my grandma and it was like my first time staying up there since my grandpa died. Like I'd been up there and I'd like hung out with my grandma and shit, but it was my first time like staying up there, and yeah. uh, it was definitely weird and got me into kind of a morbid headspace for a few days. But sure, I just put my head down and worked super hard. Um and. Uh, it's been a I yo I had a week I had a day like a week ago where I made like all of my rent utilities and phone bill and everything in a single day of sales. So nice. I've been feeling I've been feeling real good about the old vintage resale game. It's been uh, it's I feel stupid for not pursuing it with this degree of uh, vigor earlier. A lot of people told me I should, um, and I just didn't for whatever reason. I was caught up on other shit or like didn't have the personal faith, but then, uh, world circumstances put me in a unique position where I was like, well, I got nothing to lose by trying. So why not? And, uh, it's been going very well. So I'm stoked. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I, um, I'll see, I'll see folks of a certain age wearing like, you know, the vintage clothing of the Mm -hmm. early nineties, so to speak. It seems to be Mm -hmm. pretty hot. Yep. And uh, I think to myself, boy, did I hate people that look like you when I was in high school. <laughs> well, now you can uh, blame me for outfitting all of the new generation of people that look like that. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, here's something. You have any uh, recurring dreams? Yeah, I have I have one that I've been having since I was a little tiny kid. What happens Why? in it? Uh, well, actually, oddly enough, it involves my grandpa. It's kind of a nightmare. Um, it takes place in their old 
their old house on the south side off of Hessen Castle. I'm sitting in my what used to be my dad's room on his old waterbed. And in that room when I was growing up, there was a moose head hanging on the wall that terrified me for whatever reason. And in the dream, I'm a little kid sitting on the bed. And into the room walks a, a figure with the body of my grandpa from the neck down, but the moose head where okay. his head should be. And he slowly encroaches upon me as he says, I'm going to eat you up repeatedly. And I cry and scream, no. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that is a, an, like a, a fairly um, sort of like innocent, sort of like childhood remnant sticking around. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you wouldn't be afraid of that even if you saw it for real. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I'd be, I'd be tickled to death. Right. So, I have been having this recurring dream about one I, about, and the reason I bring it up is because I had it just, I didn't get into like six in the morning from fishing, but I had it, you know, I had it, you know, this morning basically as I was sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a dream where I remember that I killed a bunch of people. <laughs> okay. In the dream. Yeah. And this dream always hits me like, I don't know when because I'm asleep, but like I always wake up from it. So I'm assuming it hits me pretty close to like when I'm waking up. My brain must be doing something weird. Yeah. And I have this dream where it's discovered that I killed a bunch of people and I forgot that I did it and I did. And I'm like, oh, fuck, that's right. Yeah. Fuck, I forgot I shoved that guy in that fucking hole. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. And I'm like, fuck, they found him. Oh, fuck. And I start like freaking out in my dream because I suddenly remembered that I'm responsible for multiple homicides <laughs> over like several years. Uh-huh. And then I realize that I'm dreaming and I don't know if that's in my dream or if I'm half awake, but I realize that I'm dreaming and I'm like, wait, this is a dream. But then I'm like, no, but wait a second, that really fucking happened. Yeah. And I lose track of like for a brief moment, I wake up in this weird, like almost fugue state of being half asleep where I can't, discern if I actually did or did not in fact shove people like in culverts and like, you know, <laughs> bury bodies around town. And I yeah. spend about 15 seconds until I'm fully awake. I'm like, oh, wait, no, that's definitely a dream because I'm pretty sure I never did that. <laughs> and then like I go, you know, that's the end of the dream. Right. And I've had that about four times in the past two years. I've n- never had it prior to like maybe 2018. It's it's a super fucking weird dream. And I always wake up with my heart racing reassuring myself that no, I in fact did not kill a bunch of people around town. Yo, I think a good portion of our listeners are going to read that as a soft admission of guilt. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. Don't start looking. Um, (laughs) Hopefully I'm not dreaming right now. (laughs) Who who is to say, you know what I mean? Uh, It's, 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 uh, it's, it's an irksome dream. Yeah, I, I imagine so. I mean, I definitely have had dreams in which like you do wake up in that state where you haven't you have not yet regained the ability to, to discern between reality and your and your dream. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely been periods of time when I've spent like the first 30 minutes of my day in bed as I'm just sort of like waking up and like coming around being pissed off at somebody for something that they didn't do. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'll wake yeah. up and just be like, man, that motherfucker, I can't believe he said that shit to me. And then I'll wake up and be like, wait, you didn't say that to me at all. I, I, I'm not mad at this person. I'm mad at my own stupid brain. Yeah. It's uh, just, but, uh, it's, it's when you wake up and something good's happening in the dream and then you're like, God, I gotta get back to sleep and get back. 
Yeah. I I need to relearn how to how to uh lucid dream because before I knew what that was when I was a kid I could do that and I wasted all of my lucid dreaming years pretending to be Dragon Ball Z characters you know what I mean like yeah. I would just pretend when I was like 11 pretend that I was a new Dragon Ball Z character and I was like playing in a punk band with like Trunks and Vegeta and Goku and we when we were like ripping up the stage, but then Frieza attacks and like we got to put the guitars down and get to work. Yeah, and that like, is that is a waste of a lucid dream. <laughs> it is a waste of a lucid dream. But like I would basically just do it by fantasizing super hard about whatever it was I wanted to dream about, like vividly picturing it as I was falling asleep. And then when I would fall asleep, I would still be in control of that fantasy. Um, I would like to relearn it now that I can utilize that ability to like. I say that, but honestly, I'd probably still just use it to like be Batman in my dreams. Yeah. Um, I haven't matured a whole lot since the age of 11, 12. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, yo, one more thing before we get into the queue this week. So we finally have, after a year of doing this podcast, we finally have uh, physical merchandise in the works. So for all of our $10 patrons, you already received a message from me about it on Patreon getting your address um, and your sizing. We have a design. I posted it in the Facebook group. People were very, very stoked on it. Um, I just got the final version back with text on it. Um, so basically the way that we're going to run it is by the time that you're hearing this, it will either already be up or be going up the following day because I'm going to have it up on Sunday or Monday. But we're just going to launch a pre-order for the shirt. Everybody who's a $10 patron gets one for free, obviously, along with an extra goodie that we're going to throw in there uh, that eventually our $5 patrons are going to get to when we got enough of them. Um, just to you know, pay, pay you off for your your year or however many months of patronage you, you, you deserve it. Um, but uh, yeah, so we're probably just going to throw up like a pre-order. I'll have like a big cartel up. Have it up for like a week. That way everybody who's interested can order one in their size and we just order as many as we want and don't have any extras lying around. It seems like the most efficient way to do things. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's the plan right now. So if you're interested in demo listen merch, by the time you're hearing this, it will either already be, be available or be available very soon. Um, I imagine that the the big cartel will be demolisten.bigcartel.com. As I'm thinking about it right now, um, I actually should make sure that the big cartel is up by the time this goes up so that people can, I've actually created an actionable thing. Um, yeah. otherwise, otherwise people will, who are not on Facebook or Instagram or whatever that don't follow me there will just be like, well, wonder if it's online. Um, so I'll say this, look in the show notes for the link and it will be provided. Um, it will probably be demolisten.bigcartel.com, but if for whatever reason that's not available, just look in the show notes. There will be a link there, and you can order your shirt. Um, so there, at the, on that note, uh, Nate, if you don't have anything else, you ready to jump into the queue? Nope, I'm ready to go. All right, cool. So I also did a thing this week where I tried to be a little bit more professional by actually writing down the names of people who submitted shit um, so that I don't have to look through the email like a, uh, moron. So first up we have Ryan who submitted a, well, actually I should do that. I wrote them in the opposite order of my notes. So I'm still an idiot. <laughs> God, dude, my brain is so broken. It's really wild to me that we managed to, to carve out a niche, a podcast niche that is even remotely popular. Um, okay, so first up, we have the band Offhand, which was submitted by Ryan from the band. 
Um, Ryan said that his roommate recently told him about the podcast and he's been loving it, keeping him company through his uh, Saturday shifts every week. Said he's a huge fan of a lot of the music that we dig. So, yo, shout out to Ryan and to your roommate for putting you on to it. He, uh, he said he's in this band offhand. He wanted to just submit it for fun, um, submitted a specific track on here. Um, so there you go. I think the name of the release is, see, and now I don't have shit actually organized in the order that I wrote it down. So um, I'm still, and now I just X'd out of it, one of the releases. I'm a complete fucking mess over here, dude. Even even getting organized, like I, I can't make any of this work. Um, so the release is Here Lies Nothing. The band is offhand. They're from Nashville, Tennessee. Um, let me reopen. <laughs> let me reopen the fucking band camp that i just closed out uh next up we have do the right thing and st- uh, okay now i fucked up god damn it next up we have this is, Zoo- this is a fucking disaster we, we <laughs> just let's just start from the top <laughs> well what do, you, what do you mean start from the top i just <laughs> you mean just like redo it entirely yeah you know just just don't even worry about giving people credit because apparently that's too much it's a lot of information on the screen in front of me, man. Um, you know what you should do is just write the name of the band on a piece of paper and the person that submitted it next to it. Yeah, that's what I did only on my phone, but I'm looking from my phone to the screen. It's just a nightmare. No, dude. I, a, a, ancient technology is the best, <laughs> right? That, yes. A parchment, a parchment and a stylus of some sort to inscribe information onto it is uh, a classic. It is a classic, and it never goes out of style. Okay, so next up, we have the band Zulu with the record My People Hold On. Um, This was submitted by Silvio Capaferi. Silvio is a listener to the show. Um, I think he submitted some stuff before. He's also a really good graphic designer. Check him out on Instagram and shit. He does some very cool artwork. Um, So this is a, I think it's a solo project, actually. I've seen a lot of people big up in this. it is so it's a project by a dude who plays in like he plays in the band dare um it's a guy named anaya he plays uh drums in dare i think he played drums in culture abuse for a minute um he played drums in that band that was like uh todd youth and um firebird um he was oh he yeah, yeah. Dr- he, he played drums in that band for a minute so this is like a new solo endeavor that i've seen people big up in uh, then we have the band Skeleton with the release Skeleton. Uh, it is a record on 20 bucks spin. So I know it's metal shit. I don't know anything else about it. I also don't know the name of the person who submitted this because their name is simply X Brohemoth X. Um, okay. Then next up, we've got Permission with Organized People Suffer. This is a new release on La Vida SN Muse. Um, this was sent in by TJ, my homie from Pittsburgh. Um, then we have another submission by TJ, which is actually a resubmission and several people, uh, submitted it. So he was just sort of bumping it in the queue, heavy discipline with their self-titled LP on painkiller. Um, I still haven't listened to this, but, uh, like I said, on the last episode, when it came up in the queue, their demo was one of my favorite things from last year. So I'm stoked to, to check this out. If we don't get to it on the queue tonight, I'm just going to listen to it because I'm tired of waiting. Sure. Th- then we have another resubmission, Phaedra with Eterna. This was sent in by Will Neal, one of my favorite uh, regular callers of the show. This is a band based out of Toronto, Ontario, that I don't really know anything about besides what Will said. <laughs> what, are you, what are you laughing at? You have a really hard time uh, 
not pronouncing Ontario like uh, you're from the old country there. <laughs> Ontario. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why. It just seems like it should be Ontario. I think I think it just gets stuck in your head that it's an anime name or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it must be. It's my fucking weeb blood coming out. Um, then we have another resubmission from Ryan Donahoe, Real Trouble, with their Proving Ground demo. Something I didn't mention on the last episode because I must have just glazed over it in the email, but this is actually a new project featuring Shane from Anthropophagus and Tortured Skull. Um, really like Anthropophagus, really like Tortured Skull, really like Shane. Um, this is stuff that I guess is more uh, Oi-influenced hardcore. I have not listened to it yet, but that sounds dope. Definitely different from what I've typically been... Uh, used to hearing out of that camp then we have jenny diver with their demo um this is this was submitted by one of the members of the the band the path who submitted their own stuff a while back this is a band from mexico city that he said he just like discovered i think on Bandcamp and and thought was really good so he sent it in yeah i think i saw the seven inch maybe on like sorry state or something like that too up for sale okay, one of those word word uh, then we have Military Gun with My Life Is Over. This is the new project from Ian from Regional Justice Center, uh, Self-Defense Family, etc. I believe this is a, another resubmission, uh, but this was sent in by Adam at Convulse Records. Convulse put this 7-inch out. Um, I think it also features um, Nick Kogan from Drug Church on guitar, and then I believe Vince from... Uh, that band whose name escapes me right now. That, that uh, one. Yeah, I, I know. I know you talk about Vince from that one band. <laughs> yeah, Vince from that one band uh, on drums. Yeah. Uh, this is like, we actually, I th I'm pretty sure we listened to one of the first releases or like the first single that this band put out on the show um, and both uh, enjoyed it a fair amount. It's like kind of Revolution Summer early 90s discord kind of stuff with some with some other post-hardcore influences thrown in for sure then last up we have got blind idol with town and city this was sent in by kyle taylor who plays in this band um it is i think just two people kyle and this kid tyson um who i know has played in other bands for many years as well um I think they're just doing doing sort of a melodic hardcore thing here, but I haven't listened to it yet, so I wouldn't really know. But they, uh, yeah, they self submitted. So, okay, and I know it's out on on New Morality Zine, um, which uh, put out the uh, Excide stuff that we listened to on the last episode. That was the uh, Snapcase worship shit that we heard. Yeah. Uh, so on that note, let's roll the dice and hope that my brain starts working better for the rest of this episode. I hope it does, because, man, I'm running on fumes right now. So, uh. <laughs> All yeah, right, seven. Okay, seven. Uh, let's, let me physically count these. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. All right, we've got Real Trouble with their Proving Ground de demo. The Bandcamp is infinitycritters.bandcamp.com. Um, which I believe is uh, is the label that I know they put out. Um, I think they're like a basically brand new label. They put out the Flem Seven Inch, which mm -hmm. we also listened to on the show that we yeah. thought was pretty passable D beat. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, let's just listen to the first track on this Energy Vampire. So we're okay. going to hear Energy Vampire by Real Trouble off of their Proving Ground demo.
All right, we just heard the song Energy Vampire by Real Trouble off of their Proving Ground demo. Nate, what'd you think about it? Uh, it was pretty good. Um, I mean, it was formulaic, but admittedly so. Like when you look at the band's description here, I mean, the first thing it says is, it's no secret that hardcore shouldn't have evolved past, say, 1985. Yeah. Um, yeah, pretty much. Um, and that doesn't give you a lot of wiggle room to work, but it's such a time-tested formula that it's pretty hard to fuck up. We've yeah. said that time and time again. Mm-hmm. Um it's a good it's a good exercise in form. Right, for sure. Right. Um I remember this. I heard this. It says this came out in like March and I think at last episode I said that I remember that artwork of like the old man or the skinhead with progeria chasing the little devil. <laughs> yeah. Um and uh I remember that from like earlier this spring when I was uh basically like, you know, really hunkering down and uh just letting YouTube do its thing. Mm-hmm. on various channels and i liked it well enough that uh i've listened to it a few times it's been a few months since i've listened to it but yeah as i remember yeah straightforward good hardcore um not really you know pushing any boundaries or anything like that but it's uh a fun little exercise yeah for sure i mean it's uh it, it takes a, a tried and true format and uh does a very good job executing it uh shane is doing guitars and vocals in this band uh, Shane, it sounds good. You recorded, mixed, and mastered it yourself too. Good to see you taking taking a little bit of work away from Willie Killy. You know, putting him in his place. We we support Will, um, but at, on the same token, we need to keep an equitable uh, playing field in the hardcore mastering realm. So to see you doing your own mixing and mastering is inspiring. Keep the competition uh, brisk for Will. Um, but yeah, yeah otherwise he just stagnates, right? He gets right, exactly. He gets. Uh, I, I guess he just gets too fat in his own comfort. Right? That's right. Yeah. We got to com- keep a little bit of sweat on the back of Wilkes neck. That's right. We need a competitive marketplace so he can do his best work. Yeah. Um, but that sounded good. I mean, if I had to compare it to uh, a contemporary, a contemporary group, um, definitely not dissimilar from something like restraining order, which mm-hmm. is pulling from the same, the same wave of like early to mid eighties, hardcore American hardcore stuff. Um, but definitely has like an anthemic quality to it. This not quite as much as that, but, uh, still not too far from re- too far removed from it. If you dig that, you'll probably dig this. And yeah, if you dig like early U S hardcore, especially of the Boston and East coast variety, um, there's nothing to not like about this. This was just, as you said, very solid genre exercise, um, probably a lot of fun to play. Um, I'm sure this would go off live. Um, it looks like they still have cassettes up for grabs. So if you dig this, go ahead and purchase one. I am probably going to do that as, uh, as soon as this episode is done. Um, Shane, yo, that's three for three on bands that Shane is in that, uh, that we fuck with on the podcast. So evidently Shane is both a man of taste and of skill, which I back. So yeah, um, I, I, I think maybe my only... My only sticking point with it might be that I just would like a bit more like hiss and sort of noise in the recording. Yeah, yeah, I could see that for sure. Yeah. But you know what? Hey, you did a good job at your job, so tell me to go get fucked. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. And uh yo, and especially for like a demo, this sounds really right. good. You right. know, this is this is a really strong offering in terms of like a straight up just like a demo cassette a demo cassette. Um super super strong entry out of the gate so um yeah i fuck with this this was really good not a lot more to say about it solid early to mid 80s hardcore warship stuff done uh very competently i i fuck with it we'll probably pick up a copy of it so uh let's let's roll the dice we okay blew right through that first one we're on track for six or seven tonight no rants no nothing okay we'll see um eight 
Okay, let's see. 10, 9, 8. Okay, uh, so 8 is Military Gun. The Bandcamp is convulserecords.bandcamp.com. Convulse has put out uh, a lot of very dope shit. Um, you know, they put out one of my favorite records of last year, the, uh, the goon, the goon release. They just recently put out the new rash LP, which is great. Um, the punitive damage seven inch was pretty rad. The yam bag stuff was very good. Uh, they've put out a lot of cool shit. They're, uh, they're definitely, they're, they're knocking it out of the park recently. So shout mm-hmm. out to Convulse and Adam. Yeah. Um, so the single off of this record is dislocate me. I know there is a video for it. I saw people sharing clips of it on Instagram and shit. So that's the one Adam suggested we check out. So I will, uh, I will go ahead and, uh, accept his guidance on that since he's the man who put this out. So we are going to listen to dislocate me by military gun off of their seven inch. My life is over. So we just heard the song Dislocate Me by Military Gun off of My Life Is Over. That is the lead single off of the 7-inch. As I said, it is out now on Convulse Records, very dope label based out of Denver, Colorado. Um, So yeah, I remember digging the first offering that they had put out uh, fairly well. I wasn't blown away by it, but I liked it. I kind of feel the same way about this. Um, I think it's really good. It's very well executed. I definitely dig it. Nothing I don't like about this. It's not blowing me away. Um, it's doing, it's doing some similar stuff to a couple contemporary bands, um, drawing from similar sort of classic influences and reinterpreting them in through a modern lens. The biggest comparison would be Fiddlehead. I don't want to throw him in with with that because I Ian is a creative dude who thinks for himself. I don't think he's in any way trying to ape ape what Fiddlehead is doing. But sonically, their similarities are definitely there. Um, 
interesting array of influences on this that I heard. Again, this is through my lens. I don't know if this is exactly what Ian is going for. I heard equal parts, um, sort of the the mid tempo elements of Swizz in there, but in like the more melodious elements of the chorus. Um, I heard even like bits and pieces of a band like Seaweed in there. Um, and knowing what Ian likes, I think that those are probably reference points for him. I mean, you could take your pick from early, late 80s, early 90s Discord stuff. Um, you know, you could even hear like Jawbox in there and the chunkiness of it um, and the bass heavy delivery of it. It looks like everything on here was all written and performed by Ian too. So I guess he has like a live band set up um, for, you know, whenever they do actually play shows again. But all of the stuff that you're hearing is done by Ian. So, yo, shout out to uh, a fellow one man bander. I think that's the same way he does all the regional justice center stuff in the studio. So, uh, I respect it and fuck with it, but yeah, I thought that was good. Um, the pulling from a lot of influences that I personally enjoy and cut my teeth on when I was in high school. And I think, I think Ian and I probably were into a lot of the same stuff in the same age range. I know he was also into like street punk and shit. And I feel like we had a similar trajectory on how we got arrived at hardcore. Um, so yeah, that was good. I, I would definitely check out the rest of that seven inch based on the strength of that track. Didn't blow me away, but I thought it was really solid. Nate, how'd you feel about it? Yeah. Uh, the more I've sat here and, and ruminated on it, I've got the chorus stuck in my head now. Um, mm-hmm. cause it was super catchy. Um, yeah. I didn't know where to sit with it at first, but honestly, because it was not at all what I, I was expecting. Um, yeah. Maybe maybe you kind of talked about it during the intro, but I totally zo- like zoned out. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I w- coming into this, I didn't know. I I expected more hardcore and less sort of post hardcore, and just what my buddy and I we, we just call like DC rock, like mid nineties Discord stuff. Right. Yeah. Of course. Um. So. Yeah, the more I think about it, though, the more I like it. The, I, I I like the chorus a lot, mm-hmm. and in some ways, like Ian's singing voice almost reminded me of Henry Rollins in areas. I could see that for sure. Yeah. Um. So you know, yeah, this is kind of a winner. I'm gonna check out the rest. I think that, like I said, the more that I'm thinking about it, the more it sticks with me. Right away, like I was thinking about other bands that kind of caught me off guard with what they were doing and might fall in the same vein. And this is definitely not um, a world away, but it's certainly not trying to do the same thing as a band like Spice. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, it's kind of sort of in that same that same groove there. Um, yeah, all in all, I like it. I'll check out the rest of it. I was expecting something a bit more straightforward and a little less uh, a little less. Um, rocking and and uh um but i was surprised and yeah it's a winner with me no for sure and i think it's cool to hear this on the tail of like rjc's popularity too because like we were i mean we were just talking about with proving ground um i think rjc to much greater effect just because i think ian is so at this point like honed in on the classic west coast power violence sound so well I think RJC though is largely genre exercise to a degree, right? Like those songs definitely follow the exact format of the very specific pool of bands that he's drawing influence from in a very specific regional time specific scene, you know? I would agree. Um, Whereas this stuff is definitely a reinterpretation of a super wide breadth of different uh, influences reassembled to do something that is like fairly singular. There's not a lot of bands that are doing shit that's a, 
that's totally like this in the present scene. Um, like I said, Fiddlehead is like the, the, the closest, uh, parallel that i can think of um contemporary you know as far as like contemporary bands playing this kind of shit um so it's kind of cool to hear like like i said on the tail of like a very effective and cool but nonetheless genre exercise project to go to something like this that's like totally out of left field is uh is rad i i dig this a lot like i said i'll for sure it didn't like blow me away and envelop me in like you know totally immerse me in the sound in such a way that I'm like, holy shit, this is insane. But it was really good. No denying it. Definitely good enough to make me check out the rest of the release. Hmm. Um, all right. On that note, let's uh, roll the dice. Okay. Uh, seven again. Okay. That is Jenny Diver. So the band camp is jennydiver.bandcamp.com. The release is just, it's just their demo, just uh, self-titled. The band is from Mexico City, Mexico. And I don't know anything about this band. It was just, uh, it was submitted to the show. I think the individual who submitted it just stumbled upon it by happenstance, listening to stuff on Bandcamp. Um, so uh, I get, I guess let's, let's see if it kicks ass. Um, so they, um, they, they have the, they have the first song queued up to play. So let's just go with that. All right, let's do it. All right, so we're going to listen to El Rock de la Decada by Jenny Diver. We just heard the song El Rock de la Decada by Jenny Diver off of their demo. Nate, how'd you feel about it? Um, I like that song. When it first came in, I thought, all right, well, this is sort of like what we what we sometimes refer to as like my first punk band sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of going down that route, but uh, there's a lot of charm to that recording. I liked um, I liked the like reverb on the vocals. Um, yeah, there was something about that. It just sounded like they were playing in an empty dance hall to me. Yeah. Um, and uh, by the time she was saying, yeah, 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 in the chorus, I was sold on that song. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. Um, I mean, it definitely did, even even that said, because I, I like that too, it definitely did still retain that My First Punk Band energy, um, but it presented it in such a way that 
as you mentioned, um, it became more endearing to me the the longer the song went on. Um, the solo on it was like so shitty. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was like so terribly played. Um, a lot of missed notes in there. Even if they'd hit every note, it still would have been a shitty solo. Uh, but I found myself smiling ear to ear when it came up and I liked it a lot. Um, and I'm not being condescending either. Like, it's not just like, oh, I like this because it sucks. Um, I actually think it was like a lot of fun um, and just genu- genuinely enjoyable to listen to. I don't know if these people are young or what. Um, it's definitely amateurish, but it's amateurish in a way that appealed to me quite a lot, uh, enough so that I'll, I'll for sure check out the rest of the release. Um, and it looks like it was was out on a flexi, um, but those are sold out, and it looks like there are five copies of the cassette re- remaining. I don't know what shipping is like for Mexico City. Um, oh, I bought – yeah, it's $120 Mexican, so yeah. Uh, $120 Mexican, I think, is like um, like 10, 10 bucks, 10 yeah. bucks American. Yeah, so. for a second there, though, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, sure, somebody's going to fucking – it's like one of those things where it's like buy the signal for single for $1,000 like the Royal Hounds did. Right, right, yeah. Uh, speaking of which, the Ro- the Royal Hounds. This is a total aside, but uh, the Royal Hounds are no longer on Spotify for some reason. I don't know why. I went to re- yeah. I went to I went to look them up the other day, and they just weren't on there. Weird. Uh, which huh. sucks because the only place that you can hear Oi the Boat releases online typically is Spotify because they don't have a Bandcamp. So now I just can't listen to it in the whip unless I go on like YouTube or something, which is kind of annoying. Um, but uh, anyway, I, I I just looked it up. It's actually five dollars and sixty four cents USD. So there you go. That's that's a hell of a deal. But like I said, I don't know what the shipping is like for Mexico. So. Yeah. Um, but as I've said many times on the show, I always am stoked on international submissions too, just cause I like to hear what's going on in punk and hardcore around the world. And, uh, this was, uh, this was yeah, a cool, a cool window into what's happening in Mexico. I have no idea if this is representative of a larger scene there. If so, very dope. Uh, if not also very dope because it's probably cool to be like uh, a singular sounding band in your particular scene. But I thought this was rad. I want to listen to the rest of it for sure. Yeah, it. I mean, same thing. I don't know anything about what's going on in Mexico and Mexico City, um, but this this seems like one of those things that you would just sort of like, well, like the person that submitted it stumble upon by accident. Like I can totally just, I envision myself just walking down like a street in the evening, and I hear this this coming out of like a dance hall, and I look in the in the fucking door, and there's this pretty rad band playing. I'm like, yeah, fuck it. I got nothing else going on. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, you, you, I, I kind of felt like a, a tourist sort of discovering like a nice little sweet spot. Yeah, definitely. Um, I also like just out of curiosity, clicked on the lyrics for the song, fuck marks, which is the yeah. next song on here. And yeah. the lyrics are just, all we want is anarchy. We want anarchy. Long live anarchy. Fuck marks. Right. Which is great. I think it definitely adds credence to our, uh, my first punk band, Yes. Right. I, I saw those too. In fact, it started to play while while you we came in after the uh, listen to the first song, and I stuck around just long enough to read those lyrics because I saw that. Yeah, yeah. I, I fuck I fuck with that heavily. So I mean, the, the, this very well could be straight up high school kids. You know what I mean? Because that is definitely some shit that I would have written when I was sixteen. Yeah, um, and, and like, there's a song on here that's eight seconds. Uh-huh. Um, there's one on here that's twenty five. So I think it's just kids trying to play fast rock and stumbling onto something that works maybe yeah yeah very well could be for sure um either way however they however they arrived here uh i enjoyed i enjoyed the destination so i'm definitely going to check out the rest of this and i encourage anybody who uh who liked this to pick up a copy of the cassette nate did you buy one 
Yeah, I did. Okay. I was going to say a minute ago, it said there was five remaining and now there's four. So what yeah. was the shipping like out of curiosity? It was seven bucks. <laughs> oh, that's, that's not terrible, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually pretty, that's actually much better than I expected it to be. So yo, total, uh, well, total see, cost. Honestly, it was a little more, I, it, I almost made me balk at it, but I'm like, oh, oh fuck it. Um, but like, yo, there's no ocean. You don't have yeah. to get it across an ocean to me. That's true. Right. Right. Fuck. Yeah. I mean. I guess I could literally walk here from here to Mexico City. I don't have to do anything special. You could technically walk from yeah. here to Mexico City. I, I don't have to do anything special. I don't have to enter onto a watercraft or an aircraft or any other sort of mode of transport other than my own two legs to get there. So I assume. So that's why seven dollars kind of made me bulk for a second. <laughs> Well, I think that's one of those things where you have to sort of step back and reassess and remember that the fact that we can buy a tape from Mexico City and have it arrive to us in a matter of days is truly a miracle by any well, standard. That's, that's why I was like, well, fuck it. I guess that's, you know, that's cool because there's no yeah. other way that I'd ever see this in person. Right. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, like the cassette is definitely the preferred format over a flexi. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, come on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I also really like the artwork on this demo too. So yeah, just, I do too. Just a nice, nice cassette to have and hold and look at. You know? Yeah, it's got nice artwork. It's got a nice like inside color scheme because it's just basically like type font and photocopy, and mm-hmm. it's mostly like just like white, like off white and pink and black. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and there's a little clip art martini and uh, the half, the half or the uh, crescent moon with sunglasses on, which is one of my favorite pop cultural icons of <laughs> the all time. Mac tonight. Yeah, that's right. The fucking such a fucking incredible fucking uh, mascot. I really wish they'd bring him back. Um, all right. So uh, on that note, you want to roll the dice and uh, see what's up next? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, two. Okay, two is Zulu. The release is "My People Hold On." Um, the the song that was uh, that was recommended to us by the submitter was "Do the Right Thing and Stop Fronting," which is the last track on the record. So I guess we'll go with that. So we are going to listen to "Do the Right Thing and Stop Fronting" by uh, Zulu off of their release "My People Hold On." Interrogate you. 
if they think, say, that you fit the description of somebody they're looking for, like that time in a temple city when they pull you over saying they're looking for a black boy, white people don't have to worry about things like that because they have the white privilege. But come you black, you have to be worried. As a black-looking boy, even self say you're not black, they don't know that because you come black, you look black, you know? You have to be proud of who you are same way. So be vigilant, watch yourself, watch your step, watch even the areas that you go to when you pull up in certain areas. Scope it out before you get out the car. You know, always be safe, always move safe, always keep your movement safe. Watch the ones and ones that you even, you know, holding vibes with too said way because Times well, well dread. You know, them don't really give two shits about our life. Babylon's still out there, still raging, still ramping, still killing us. Yeah, man, be careful out there, Galpi. Watch yourself. Always know that Jah is watching over you too. Jah have you in his region, my youth. Okay, we just heard the song Do the Right Thing and Stop Frontin' by Zulu off of their release, My People Hold On. Nate, how'd you feel about it? Eh. Eh. Um, yeah. Not really. Um, I don't really go for... There's something... So so here's... Uh, at the bottom is the, um, you know, the tag power violence. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that this is a good... We, we talked about like RJC being sort of an exercise in form. Yeah. power violence and he's got that like everything from the the guitar tone the bass tone the production everything like honed in right and you know that i think we've mentioned it before but like with power violence what you're really talking about is a like a a small a, a select group of bands within a certain geographic area in a certain time period right um and once you stray too far away from that, you start to lose that and just get into like, you know, basically downtuned, like bouncy, heavy, hardcore and uh, with, with with like fast parts in it. But it doesn't sound like bands that I would typically call power violence. I mean, sure. yeah. a blast beat does not make a power violence song. A short song length doesn't make a power violence song. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, so no, I didn't, the music here, I wasn't sticking with me that much. Um, I mean, songs about real fucking shit, which I'm always about, um, as opposed to, you know, goofing off about some other, you know, dumb shit that ain't real and doesn't really affect anybody. Yeah. Um, but musically it just, no, that's okay. It was a little too bouncy. It was a little too slick. Um, and, uh, I don't know, man, you know, so, and, and there's something about, it's just me, mm-hmm. but there's something about like guest vocals where that's like a feature of a song where it's like featuring so-and-so or something like that. Like who gives a shit? Right. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because like is, is the, 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 guest vocalist Corey, uh, uh is that Sharpentier? Yeah. That dude's from, I think is Jesus piece. Uh, no, Aaron Hurd is from Jesus piece. Okay. Well, anyway, I thought there was a link there, but um, I mean, I, maybe maybe that kid's from Jesus Peace too. I don't know. The only member of Jesus Peace I know of is is Aaron. But yeah, but like you know, like who cares? You know what I mean? Like sure. you're you're kind of like boasting to such a select group of people, like a tiny group of people. 
Yeah. Um, just let him do his thing and let him fucking rip. And if people take note, they take note, you know? I feel that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I think it's... I don't, I, I don't know. Like, musically, this just, this just didn't... This didn't scratch any itch for me. I'm sure that a lot of people will dig this because, you know, my my thought process when I think of power violence is something very specific. Yeah, same. Um, and uh, this was not it. And generally speaking, I don't listen to bouncy sort of well-produced hardcore that, you know, just happens to have some fast spots in it. Yeah, for sure. Um, the closest thing that to this that I really enjoy um, is a contemporary band called Candy. I like Candy a lot. They incorporate a lot of the same influences in the sense that there's definitely power violence influence. There are blast parts and there are heavier uh, bouncier hardcore parts, but I just think that the production and the delivery o- overall um, is rawer and grimier with Candy's stuff than what I heard on this last track, so it appeals to me a lot more. Um, this definitely sits very closely adjacent to it, though, so I can see fans of Candy probably fucking with this. Um, this will probably bring in a, a pretty broad array of modern hardcore fans for sure. I mean, I can see why it's getting big upped and it helps. Uh, it does help that it's talking about real ass shit. And in, in this case, also lived experience too, right? This isn't just like a white punk bystander commenting on something that they see going on. This is somebody actually speaking from experience. So like reading the lyrics and like hearing the sound bite at the end um, was definitely like struck a chord just because like that's something that's, uh, I mean, it's, it's an issue that's been important to me personally for basically like my entire political life since I was 14 and uh, is especially relevant today um, as in terms of it being part of the public discourse. So as you said, good to hear somebody addressing something that's actually real and not just talking about fuckery. Um, but yeah, musically, it didn't do a whole lot for me. Um, as you said, a little bit too slick um, production wise. It just, yeah, I don't know. It ju- this is just not my bag. Um, like I said, candy, pretty similar to this and I dig it, but even that stuff I don't put on hella frequently. Um, there are a few bands in this lane that I fuck with, but it's really rare. Um, I'm sure seeing this live, I would probably be, be down for it to some extent, especially with short song lengths. I mean, nothing on here clocks in over two minutes long. The actual meat of that song without the soundbite was like a minute 15. So I appreciate the brevity for sure. Um, and I'm sure kids would go off to this and it, it probably has good live energy. You know what I mean? I definitely watch a 12 minute set of this stuff and not be mad at it. You know, I, I wasn't upset about anything I heard. It just this straight up for me, this is just not for me musically. That's really all I can say about it. I don't really have anything bad to say about it. <clears throat> it's just not my lane. Yeah, and that's a good point. Like live, this would be different. I'd watch this live. Um, yeah. I'd watch it not only just for the music, but more for just like, you know, kids going off and the spectacle of it. Right. Um, but this, yeah, like as a recorded, as a recording, this doesn't really, this doesn't really fall into my lane very much. I mean, yeah. um, I don't listen to Biohazard either. Um <laughs> And, uh, you know, there's a good, there's, there's a bit of that in this, um, like that bouncy sort of aspect to it. Um, so yeah, I mean, it just didn't, I would be fanning your balls if I said I liked it just because I think that it's uh, about real shit and important shit. Yeah, exactly. Um, Right. So yeah, the, the two, the two things can go coexist, right? Like I, 
as I already acknowledged, I think this is about real shit. It's about important shit. And again, importantly, it's about lived experience, which is dope. Um, and we need more representation within hardcore. Like it's always a thing that I am about, but, uh, but yeah, I would be lying if I said musically, I thought that this was anything, anything special. I, this, it, it was well, it was well performed. Um, executing what you're aiming to do you know chunky hardcore with some power violence influence if that's what you're going for you landed on it but yeah it, it didn't do anything for me musically yeah all right so all right next let's uh yeah let's roll the dice we're Dude, my, my face feels fuzzy i'm so tired um, wow you're at that stage huh yeah yeah okay. um so what's up next uh, i gotta roll the dice that's what i gotta do <laughs> yeah for sure um, this is our this is our most disjointed episode yeah yeah, yeah it is six Okay, six is Blind Idol. The Bandcamp is blindidol.bandcamp.com. They are based out of Albany, New York. And this is a five-song, seven-inch, I think. I don't know if it's on a seven-inch, maybe coming out on a seven-inch. Who fucking knows? They didn't... uh, Oh, it's on cassette? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, so it's via, via, as I mentioned at the top of the episode, New Morality Zine. Um, Let's just uh, listen to the first song that they have queued up on here, first song on the release. So okay. we're going to listen to First Class War by Blind Idol off of their release, Town and City. We just heard the song First Class War by Blind Idol off of their new release, Town and City. It's a cassette available on newmoralityzine.com. So this was sent over to me by Kyle from the band. Uh, Kyle used to play in a band called Crafter. Um, we played them on the show. They were not to either of our our taste. Um, Crafter was definitely playing melodic hardcore uh, that to my ears was a lot more flowery and less straightforward than the stuff that we just heard. But what we just heard, make no mistake, was still melodic hardcore. Uh, to my ears, and being a person who who grew up in the era where this shit was popping, popping, that was like straight up American Nightmare worship to me. Um, now, it's no secret that I am a big American Nightmare fan and also not a fan of a whole lot of bands that they birthed. There is a scene around that stuff that came out at the time. A handful of those bands stand up for me, but really one of the only ones that I go back to and frequently revisit is AN. And even at that, I got to be in the mood for it. 
Um, but this was incredibly competent American Nightmare Warship for sure. They had kind of all the elements at play, um, well-composed uh, sort of poetic lyrics. Um, they didn't they didn't go into the sometimes more purple prose um, that Wes was known for in his AN days. I thought these were fairly tastefully delivered, a little bit melodramatic, um, but nonetheless well-written for sure. Um, more, at least you put forth more of an effort, um, you know, than a lot of, uh, nonsense shit talking about your boys finding somebody in an alley and squaring up, you know, I appreciate the, uh, the effort to be literate and insert, insert some of that into your songwriting. Um, musically the brevity, I appreciate it a lot. It looks like there's only one song on here that is over two minutes long and it's a cover of a 108 track. Um, so, I mean, if you're going to do this style of hardcore, I think brevity is a must the, the, where this, where melodic hardcore really, really loses me is when it becomes bloated, uh, and sort of obsessed with its own sense of like epicness and tries to tack on these unnecessary sing-alongs and like interludes and shit. This is straight to the point, a and worship early two thousands sort of pre- I, I don't know. This this was like early AN. That's all I can say. That's really like all I can compare it to other than bands that were birthed out of that scene um, that were also copying AN. I mean, that's really the only proper point of comparison here. And I think that's probably what you guys are going for, especially knowing your taste. Um, so if that's what you were aiming at, you definitely landed on the mark. I liked this just fine. It's not my chosen brand of hardcore, um, but I would definitely watch a live set and for what it's for what it's doing, um, it's doing it very well. And I'm sure that kids who dig this style style of hardcore uh, will will find a lot to love with this for sure. That's the, those are really all my thoughts on it. Yeah, I don't really. This style of hardcore was by the time it was kind of taking off. Um, I never really gave a shit mm-hmm. about uh, about 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 American Nightmare and about basically melodic hardcore for so there's so when i hear this kind of music i picture a slightly heavy set gentleman with a flannel on and some like tapered black or dark blue jeans and a <laughs> pair of and a pair of vans yeah yeah so like oh, slip yes. on slip on vans right yep. mm-hmm. um and he's probably got some degree of facial hair that is indicative that he is a rugged individual, but he's not a slob. Right. Yes. Right. right. Like, yep. yes, I can grow a beard. Here it is. You cannot indeed see the skin through my beard. Yeah. Um, but I'm also not a fucking slob. So I keep my beard well trimmed because let's face it. I do have a meeting with HR <laughs> on Monday morning. Yeah. 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 This is, this is like, uh, this is like marketing dude hardcore for sure. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And like, I never really liked hardcore like that. I never felt so I never, cause this shit isn't mean. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it Decidedly does get, not. Yeah. It does get bloated on its own sort of like weight, mm-hmm. um, both literally and figuratively. Um, yeah. you know, it seems to me that people that are in these sorts of bands always feel like there's much more like import and sort of depth to their music than maybe um, an observer would ascribe. 
Right. Yes, definitely. That's one of the major off-putting elements of this style style of music for sure. Yeah. And, and so for that reason, like, there's a lot of different, so like I just never gave a shit at, about bands like this because by and large, I was listening to a ton of grindcore and D beat and like basically just uglier stuff. Yeah. And, um, I wasn't well dressed Yeah, and, um, it just, it's old guy hardcore for dudes that aren't old. Yeah, no, for sure. I think that's a good way to put it, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So whatever i mean it's fine what i will say about this is you know there's generally speaking uh i i felt that the vocals in kyle's vocals in this gave it a bit more of a youthful earnestness to it sure than the typical throaty bellow of uh of um you know a dude that just uh got done quaffing a fucking ipa um, <laughs> indeed yes you know right but uh whatever it, it it's fine. I'm sure that plenty of people like this shit, but I don't. It, yeah. This is this doesn't have a ton of like energy and nastiness and just coolness to it that I I want to hear from hardcore. Yeah, I mean, if, you know, talk about subsects of hardcore that di- like most assuredly are not cool. This brand of meta- of uh, melodic hardcore is definitely not cool. Um, you definitely nailed the uh, aesthetic spot on of the demographic that listens to and, and largely plays this style of hardcore too. Um, I, you know, one thing about it for me, it's always struck me as it's like, it's hardcore for passers through it's hardcore for tourists, right? It's hardcore for the dude. It's like, it's sound guy, hardcore, you know what I mean? It's like, it's hardcore for the dude who goes on to be like a fucking recording engineer and he got to have heart tattoo and he still goes back and revisits those verse records. Uh, and he, you might see him standing in the back at the AN reunion or if modern life is war is coming through. And beyond that, he like has a little, really little to do with hardcore besides occasionally reminiscing on his days in the scene, which were like, you know, four years between the ages of 17 and 21, where he listened to 15 or 20 bands of a very specific style. That's who this is for. It's also hardcore for dudes that are for dudes, for people in general, for it's also hardcore for people that um, are really looking forward to the day that they can pass on the tradition of hardcore to their, <laughs> their, their son or daughter. Yes. Yes. Right. Yeah. And for like, sure. let, let's, let's son, let's hit the road and, um, you know, let's do a road trip and let's let's see um, let's see what surprises Vermont has to bring for us. <laughs> Maybe I'll show you how to how to like uh, you know tie up your fly rod while we're at it, and we can do a little fly fishing while we're out and while we're out and about. You know, yeah. it's just it's it's like it's family friendly. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> and, and I don't want hardcore to be family friendly at all. It's it's hardcore for people who will later in life go on to give their three year old child a customized jean jacket with a misfits patch on the back. You know what I'm saying? It's just like it's it's no good. Yeah. Um, but but that said, like sonically, not offensive to me at all. Um, it, it's it's fine. It's, it's sonically know. fine, but generally boring. Right. Um, exactly. Yeah. And culturally, um, yeah, culturally, it just uh, 
makes me want to like hiss and avoid the light as if I were some sort of fucking Dracula. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. I I want to avoid all the earnest pre-song speeches that come along with this style of hardcore for the rest of my life. If yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I just, I don't know, man. I could go on and on about how much I despise the uh, the bearded soon-to-be fathers um, that are in the audience of a band <laughs> yeah, like this. For sure, dude. Um, I, I... The day couldn't come soon enough where I no longer have to hear fans of this type of music tell me how they used to be straight edge. I feel like I feel like that when society like collapses, you know, which is probably pretty soon. Yeah. Um, there's going to be like an enclave of uh, there's going to be like some sort of like social enclave of like white people mm-hmm. that um, like the, the, the men all wear red and black flannel. and um they grow their beards out and like they just sort of like you know they have they have some sort of like as fractions as fractions sort of like form you know what i mean and you've got your different social and like different factions of people that are centered around ethnicity or or culture or or geography or something like that there's going to be like a certain group this faction that sort of just shows up that's that's like for dudes that listen to this sort of hardcore (laughs) and like like think that you know i could probably build a log cabin with my bare hands right yeah, sure. I, I think yeah i think it'd be really cool to like you know i could probably i could probably uh brew some pretty decent uh stout um in my cabin that i made with my bare hands and i can i can you know and like the as as uh as a as um technology sort of like falls to the wayside because the grid goes down because you know we are a collapsing society and we're hiding from like the fucking robots that are trying to kill us and biocompact us to fuel their fucking dogs of war. Mm -hmm. Um, We start to, we we soon enough run out of like parchment and stylus by which to pass on tradition. And so like in 400 years, it's going to be like an oral tradition of shitty music like this, by which, (laughs) you know, family and cultural history is passed on from father to son. And there'll be some grand elder who's like, 43 years old right yeah. who's got a the the the, the most well-trimmed but also hoariest of beards on his face and uh he uh you know he is he is the the song keeper for the tribe yeah yeah for that's sure. uh yeah that's um what i think about when i hear hardcore like this <laughs> yeah if uh if um like if ruiner records are the only thing that will survive the coming apocalypse i'd rather humanity were just forgotten if if ruiner records were the only thing that survived the coming apocalypse i will make sure that nothing survives <laughs> <laughs> indeed so uh on that note let's roll the dice one more time get through one more band and then we'll tackle messages okay two once again Okay, two is Skeleton. Um, so it was, this is, the the band is named Skeleton. The release yeah. is named Skeleton. And there is a song on the record, the opener, and it's called Skeleton. Okay. So and that's boy, the fucking winner. Look at those, look at those skulls next to that candelabra. <laughs> They're like the man is the bastard skull, but even worse. They, they look like... Um... Yeah, it looks like somebody tried to carve a skull into an almond. 
Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> for sure. That's a, that's a good way to put it. So this is on 20 bucks spin. Um, so we, so we know it's metal. Um, yeah, let's just, let's jump right into it. So we're going to hear the song Skeleton by the band Skeleton off of the record Skeleton. We just heard the song Skeleton by the band Skeleton off of the record Skeleton. Nate, what'd you think of it? Um, there's no reason for me not to like that, but mm-hmm. I didn't. Weird. Um, and it's probably just because of the headspace I'm in and the fact that I'm really tired. It's probably not fair to Skeleton to do this right now um, because I have been listening to nothing but like uh, golden era 90s death metal for a week, yeah. uh, essentially. Um, and I am very much um into a form right now um, okay so i just want to hear thick fucking like heavy production that is like dripping wet mm-hmm. um a la morris sound studios and i just want to see dan seagrave art and i just want to like that's what i want that's where my brain has been at for the past seven days um sure so there's no, like I said, there's no reason for me not to like it. It was well done and all that sort of thing. Uh, I think the vocals kind of sucked. Um, but other than that, um, I probably should give this another listen just to give it a better chance. So don't take my word for it. (laughs) Um, also like, like I'm having a hard time forming like a complete sentence right now. Um, (laughs) also, um, 
I was like reading the description, like the band right up there at the bottom of the page. Uh-huh. When you talk about purple pros and uh, missed opportunities for punctuation, <laughs> indeed, um, yes. I think twenty bucks spin needs a copy editor because uh, yeah. holy cow. Hey, 20 bucks spin. If you're listening, I write band bios, I do editing and I do a better job than whoever wrote this. So holler at me. My rates are very affordable. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure that lots of people like this and I can see why my -hmm. head's just not there right now. Um, so, uh, say what you will. I mean, I think I've listened to Effigy of the Forgotten like four times this week. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That definitely tells me what headspace you're in. Yeah. So. Okay, fair enough. Um, I, I liked this a lot. Um, I am one of the lots of people who enjoyed this. This uh, this is really good. Um, I think it blended sort of classic black metal influences with some uh, more mid-tempy, mid, mid-tempy. Dude, we are falling apart at the fucking <laughs> this seams. Is, this is the lame, this is the shittiest episode <laughs> of all time. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it really is. Right? Like, yeah. there's really forced banter at the beginning because I did have a fucking recurring dream, but I didn't have to bring it up. So, yes, that was forced. Um, <laughs> you could not fucking get past your own, your own arcane, like, <laughs> Like Byzantine <laughs> method of keeping track of who submitted the fucking music when all you had to do was get a pencil and a piece of paper. No problem. Right. right. Yeah. And uh, I'm so tired that like my skin is tingling right now. Yeah. Um, yeah so yeah. Uh, this is a. Uh, this is the shittiest episode. <laughs> well, when you were when you were uh, getting in this morning, I was waking up because yeah. I I rolled out of bed at like seven o'clock this morning for no reason that I can really discern and just couldn't get back to bed. And I went out and and worked for a few hours, even though I told myself I was going to take the day off, and uh, ended up cooking cooking fettuccine Alfredo and just kind of going nonstop all day. Um, so yeah, both of our brains are just fucking fried, dude. Yeah. Cause I'm usually like getting up early and trying to get out I, as uh, you know, I like doing that and right. but man telling you what we were catching those fish last night and, uh, the fun didn't stop until, uh, around six o'clock in the morning. So yeah, sometimes it just be like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I liked this quite a lot. Like I said, it, uh, it, me- it, it melded classic, uh, Scandinavian black metal influence with some more mid-tempo thrashy parts. Um, I really liked the sort of, I guess you could call it a chorus riff. Um, it had a melodic element to it that I really enjoyed and I think offset the blasty uh, verse parts of the song very well. Overall, interested enough to check out the rest of the record for sure. Um, don't have a whole lot to say about it. It's just well-executed, black metal-infused thrashy modern metal i don't know um it was it was good it was like it's kind of like the other side of the coin to a band like midnight who plays what i would consider is more definitively just like rock and thrash with black metal influence i think this is more like black metal with some thrash some heavy thrash influence in there um but i thought that they uh they executed it rather well um, and I'll for sure check out the rest of this record. I mean, 20 bucks spend reliably puts out dope shit. Um, like other high quality labels that we've discussed on the, on the podcast before, um, they're a label where even if it's a release, that's not necessarily to your taste, you can rest assured that it's probably at least of a fairly high degree of quality. Um, yeah. and I, I think this is no exception, you know? 
No, absolutely. Like I said, there's no reason for me not to like it. I mean, I like loads of bands that sound like this, but I'm just not in that headspace to listen to it. And yeah, I mean, when you look at 20, 20 bucks spins lineup, there's solid shit. That Nightfall LP, of course, Holocene. I mean, that uh, um, um, Holocene Extinction by Terminal Nation, yeah, uh, which we had on that too long ago. And 20 bucks spin has been around for a fucking grip. Indeed. And uh, if you like, generally speaking, a lot of different forms of metal, they got you covered. Yep. Um, so there's your free ad 20 bucks spin, even though I talk shit on your fucking copy editor. Um, <laughs> so um, they also have Paul Bear, who turns out a bunch of littering scumbags. <laughs> right? Yeah, we got we got the inside fucking scoop. We got on the that. insight. So, hey, uh, turns out the guys in Paul Bear, a bunch of littering shitheads tells you everything you need to know about them. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> I don't give a shit what your band sounds like. You want to throw junk on the fucking ground, you can shove it up your ass. <laughs> And that's and that's the final word on Paul Bear from Demo Listen. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's pivot to voicemails and try and bang them out real quick. We've got like seven of them, and they're all pretty goddamn short. So let's try to keep our responses to them short too, so we can uh, log off this pitch and uh, so you can get a little little sleep. Dude, this is. I, I'm sure this episode has been just as much of a drag for our listeners as it has been for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I don't know. I I can never tell how people are going to react to the to, to the shit that we're on at any given time. Sometimes you know, because I'll I'll pop into like the Discord, and again, that's a very very small demographic, so it's not representative of our overall audience. But they'll rag on shit that we do or say that's like really confusing to me. Um, well, I mean, they hang out on Discord for Christ's sake. Yeah, for sure. You know like, what I mean? Like, yeah. No, I they're, they're no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, despite what you say, homie, you can't actually multitask because the human brain didn't evolve to do that. Right. Um, so, you know, come on. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Let's uh, let's let's tackle these emails real quick. Hi, guys. Hi. Uh, G, G. Michael Thomas calling from Canada here. Uh, yep. Cool. I love the show. Um, just two quick things. One, I wanted to speak to Nate. Nate? I would say that you're one of my favorite, if not favorite, living comedians. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that's real, that's real serious. Um, but I have a question for you. Is it possible that you are Thanos? I wonder. Uh, I can only wish. Um, yeah. If, yeah. if, uh, my God, if I had the fucking, if I had the, uh, the infinity stones on a gauntlet on my hand, yeah. um, I can make sure that a lot of people would get to stepping or, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. get to being gone. Right. Yeah. For Every, sure. Honestly, everything could be solved fucking in, instantly. Yo, yo, because Thanos was a piece of shit, right? Mm-hmm. He, uh, he obviously enjoyed hurting people, right? right. Cause he could have just as easily, he could have just as easily snapped his fingers and, gone about making the universe a better place without getting rid of half of the people. You could have said, hey, you know, get now there's twice as many resources in the universe, right? The universe sure. will never run out of shit. And everything's great, right? Right. Uh, we can now violate the fucking second law of thermodynamics so that um, all of our problems are gone concerning supply and demand. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not what he did, all right? No. Yeah. Um, that's what I'd do. And then I'd get rid of everybody too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for that. I would, I would definitely not trust you with the power of the Infinity Gauntlet, not for a second. 
Yeah. Um, also, what do you think about that? Being categorized as someone's favorite living comedian, even though you are technically not a comedian by trade. Um, technically, um, definitively. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But, I mean, I guess we do. Uh, I guess we will loosely categorize Demo Listen as a comedy podcast on some level, right? I mean, we make jokes. Yeah, we make jokes, but so do lots of people. That doesn't make them a fucking comedian. <laughs> that's true. So, uh, hey, I'll take that as a compliment, but uh, that's not my intent because believe me, I'm never fucking joking. <laughs> yeah, as you've maintained several times on this show when I've tried to point out that, hey, we're just kidding. Um, you like to double down and make sure everybody knows that you are never kidding. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, yo, good hearing from you, G. Michael Thomas, who I believe is also a recent uh, a recent Patreon subscriber. So shout out for that, too. Sorry we had to cut off your last call, but it was three fucking minutes long. So Yeah. Uh, and on, for- honestly, like when... Uh- when when think when when we finally have uh, in some hopefully in my lifetime normalized relations with uh, our bordering countries, mm-hmm. um, I do want to get back up to Canada. I would fucking love to get it back up to Canada. This time, not with a last minute car five hundred dollar car rental on my hand, so I actually have some money to spend on records and shit. Yeah. There was that whole bin when we went into that one spot in downtown Toronto. There was a whole bin that was nothing but seventies and eighties anime soundtracks like Mobile Suit Gundam and shit. And I wanted to buy all of them and I could buy fucking none of them because I was yeah. stuck with that fucking car rental. So I've been itching to get back up there in record shop ever since. So yeah, I'm, I'm definitely ready to make it back up there whenever the time has come or whenever yep. the time comes. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's l- listen to the next one real quick. All right. Hey guys, Fatty Girls here. Uh, two things. One, um, if that was really the $11 donor, I just want to say, no worries, man. The revolution doesn't need janitors. Even if they're swinging their big money balls around, like they don't give a fuck about capital. Anyway, um, second thing, Dookie, is it actually good or is it bad? Or was I just in middle school at the wrong fucking time? All right, later. Wow. Um, I don't know. I sure liked Dookie when I was a freshman in high school. Yeah, um, I, I still like Dookie, but I, I, I couldn't say whether or not, you know, my the where I was at in life when I heard it plays a significant role in that enjoyment or not you know i'm gonna say that it's a good record in that it generally scratches an itch for almost everybody yeah for sure right and it's it's fairly inoffensive right i mean the most offensive thing about it is that it's so accessible right yes Um, but that said i haven't listened to that record in 23 years 24 years yeah my my pops put me on the dookie i was very young when green day really broke out um, and I remember my dad playing them in the kitchen of the old house and, uh, I enjoyed them then. I enjoyed them a few years later when I actively got into punk. Um, and I enjoyed them. I, I enjoyed that record. I don't know when I listened to it last, which was probably a couple years ago. Um, I got a cassette copy of it laying around here somewhere and I was playing it in the old whip and, uh, it held up pretty well for me a couple years ago. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe you were in middle school at the wrong time. I don't know what to tell you. Um, I think it's a pretty solid record and Nate, I think you kind of touched on it in, in the sense that, yeah, it just kind of has a universal appeal. Um, I think it sort of distilled a lot of what was going down, um, in that West coast, uh, sort of pop punk scene. Uh, I mean, cause they, they came out of the same world, um, that bands like Crimp Shrine and like fucking even like J church and shit, you know, they were playing sure. shows with all those bands, um, before they were blacklisted from that scene for selling out. Um, but I think it distilled a lot of the stuff that was going on in those, in those scenes, um, and, and presented it in a slightly more palatable way. 
And uh, I think that they broke through for a reason, for sure. And uh, ultimately, I mean, if you like inoffensive pop punk songs of the uh, early to mid 90s, I don't think there's anything to really dislike in that early Green Day material. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. That's 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 my insight into it. Not very yeah. useful. Its greatest strength is also its greatest sin. Indeed. And I, I, I haven't listened to it. I don't really listen to those songs because it's hard not for me to feel uh, like indulgently nostalgic. Right. Mm-hmm. It's inevitable that I'm going to think about, you know, being fucking 15 years old. Right. Um, when I hear those songs. And, um, you know, that wasn't uh, that wasn't a cool time in my life. I wasn't cool. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I wasn't yeah. cool. I was uh, living a living a hellish fucking existence. <laughs> yes. Right? Indeed. I had a mullet. <laughs> I had fucking Bill Dance bass fishing shirts and Caterpillar boots from Kmart and suddenly uh, discovered fucking punk rock. Um, so, you know, yeah, I was a piece of shit redneck and uh, uh, I didn't like anything. And I'm not a piece of shit redneck anymore and I still don't like anything, but it just brings up bad memories. Yeah, fair enough. Um, all right, let's listen to the next one. Yo, what's up? It's, uh, it's TJ. Uh, less pissed off tonight. I am, uh, driving. I'm at work. I am currently driving behind a, uh, black Jeep with a bumper sticker on the back window. Uh, the grill of the, uh, sticker is a, is like a Jeep grill and it's clearly meant to look like a crib. And then it says Jeep baby on board. Um, I think, uh, I can agree with, uh, with the rival mob lyric. Uh, look at me like I'm crazy. The world doesn't need another Jeep baby. Um, But uh, with that said, I'm glad Nate uh, touched on a lot of cataclysmic uh, ways to go out. Um, You did leave out two of my favorites, personal favorites, Um, Tornado and a a massive ball of of angry, rabid mountain lions. With that said, I'm going to go get a uh, a Beyond Rodeo Burger from Sheets and some Wisconsin cheese bites. All right, y'all. Peace out. All right. Well, it's good that you're in a better mood this time, TJ. It is. Were, it is good. Your last message was really distressing. I thought. I thought that was the last time I'd hear from you. I'm, I'm glad to hear that you you're, you've uh, you've seen the light at the end of the tunnel and driven through, and now you're evidently tailgating a Jeep with a really cool sticker on the back. Yeah, man. Don't uh, right. Yeah. What's what's not to hate about the concept of a, a Jeep owner um, ascribing their personality to the machine that they own? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Right. Like that's a defining personality trait is that I own this machine. Yeah. Or maybe indeed their baby is a Jeep. Right. Maybe. It's a strange Tetsuo Iron Man. <laughs> I was going to say, it's like Tetsuo the Iron Man. <laughs> right? Yeah. right? It's, it's that they've, they've finally come to terms with and are proud and out about their fucking Tetsuo Iron Man Jeep baby <laughs> with its fucking gears and giant drill cock in the back, <laughs> in the back seat. Yeah, maybe. Now that would be cool. Yeah. i tell you what, that's a, that's a movie that makes you feel like shit. Oh, God, I love that fucking movie, dude. I love it, too, but boy, oh, boy, do you not feel good when you're done watching it. No, no, you definitely don't. That is um, true. And God damn, do I want some sheets right now. Yeah, man, we we got we got a fair amount of sheets when we uh, when we drove out to uh, RVA to see the Royal Hounds and Chubby and the gang back before this whole pandemic hit. Honestly, when I when I go back home 
I get sheets as if it's like some fucking harvest season and this is like <laughs> seasonal bounty that we're I, I'm reaping after um, a long, hard summer of toiling in the fields. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a rare treat for sure. We don't have them out here yet. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, well, TJ, I'm glad to hear that you're doing better. All right. Uh, let's listen to the next one. Ooh. Yeah. All right, so I think that was uh, either um, the damn buster himself or, yeah. or uh, James Hetfield. Yeah, so so that was Joe Stevens once again proving why he is supremely qualified to become a guest on this show as soon as humanly possible. Oh, go- by the way, yeah. I think he's coming up here to go fishing with me next weekend. Oh, well, then fuck. <laughs> he's going to be a guest next weekend, right? Let's, let's make that happen. Well, I mean, we are going to be uh, fishing into the wee hours. Um, catching those 30 pound catfish and hacking them to bits right there in the fucking bank. <laughs> well, um, let's, let's make some time to fit them onto an episode of the show if we can. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so that was Joe doing, uh, various, various Tom warrior and just general sort of like metal, um, trope vocal filler. It just um, sounded like a party soundboard. It did kind of sound like a party soundboard, yeah. But there was, yeah, a couple of those yas had a distinct James Hetfield vibe to them. Um, people who know me well know that when I get excited, I'm I'm known to bust out a yeah yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, I appreciate that's like, it. That's like his yabba dabba do. Just imagine if that like James Hetfield would just do that, like when he got excited. <laughs> just imagine how fucking like. You watch the Flintstones. Yeah. You don't think twice about Fred saying yabba dabba do when he's happy. But if you knew somebody that actually did that, <laughs> yeah, you would really be alarmed almost every single time it happened. Yeah, for sure. Yes, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Like, like, you know, you got a partner or something and uh, something you didn't know about him, right? Yeah. You didn't know about her or him. And, uh, Suddenly, you know, at the wedding, yabba dabba do. <laughs> like that, was, like that shocking revelation. It, it entirely changes the the tenor of the entire fucking relationship. Certainly, the <laughs> wedding night, and then yeah. the relationship going forward. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sure does. It might it might shorten the shelf life of it significantly. <laughs> I used to like to think too that like. What if Fred and Barney and like the Flintstones in general, but Fred and Barney and stuff were like real people mm-hmm. and that's really what they looked like? Yeah. And like what <laughs> horrific monsters they would actually be. Yeah, <laughs> like well, these cylinders with a face at the top of it and like big three-toed feet and weird hands. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, there, somebody did do... Um, like a like a 3D model rendering of the Simpsons characters like that, and it is horrifying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, also, you you uh, mentioning like the the premise of that being revealed on the wedding night, you know, and yeah. changing the dynamic of a relationship reminds me of one of my 
favorite favorite old dude memes which is like uh, you know a man and a woman fighting and the guy is like why are you breaking up with me and she's like because every time something serious happens you say uh-oh spaghettios and then in like smaller text under the guy it says uh-oh spaghettios <laughs> <laughs> it's so it, it makes it makes me want to actually adopt that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, it would be really, it would be super funny to, oh, geez, I'm looking at a 3D rendering of Marge right now. My God. Yeah, it's horrifying, uh, right? Um, but, uh, it, you know, to just do that is to is to infuriatingly make light of any situation with some childish fucking reaction. Like <laughs> yeah, for sure, right? That'd be a good look. Um, all right, let's uh, let's tackle these last three. We we have two in a row from Tim Neff, but it cl- they clock in at a minute and a half, so that's all right, I guess. He had a okay. he, he must have had a postscript that he forgot. So let's okay. uh, let's let's just listen to these back to back. All right. Hey, Tim Neff. All right. So really glad this is the right number. But I was ready to prank some motherfucker up in 260. Um, I need help. Uh, I refuse to call it kitten core. Uh, and I don't want to call it screamo because I don't want the fucking white belt, raccoon eyed haired fucking. I just, I don't, I don't want people to be like, oh, you play Screamo? You like Screamo? You listen to Screamo? I bet you like Black Veil Bright. Suck my dick from the back. No. So what the fuck am I supposed to call it? Because all these other motherfuckers that ruined it for the rest of us. Fucking, I can't use Scram. Fuck all of you. If I can't call it Scram, my address is 102 Harrison Avenue, Whitestone, Indiana. Find out the fucking zip code if you want to kick my ass. It's fucking Scram, goddammit. All right, he's fucking fired up about Scram. Of course, I guess uh, if you're going to be fired up about something, it might as well be Scram. <laughs> it might as well. Let's listen to his, his postscript real quick. Okay, side note. The other reason why you don't fucking call it Screamo is don't suck my dick from the back because I'm not a fucking pedo. Jesus fucking Christ. That's the whole God fucking fuck. We're still okay to kick the shit out of the guy from Blood on the Dance Floor, right? That, man, Tim, that was a really disjointed um, series of calls. Uh, first of all, why, why does getting your dick sucked from the back imply pedophilia? I'm not really sure what the connection there is. Um, in terms of kicking the shit out of the guy from blood on the dance floor, uh, I mean, the dude from blood on the dance floor had it coming for a long time because that's truly one of the worst bands ever to exist. The fact that he is a sexual predator only adds insult to injury as far as I'm concerned. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess if you want to square up with homeboy, go for it. There's not a lot about your message that I wish to address. Um, in fact, I won't at all. Let's listen to the next message. <laughs> all right, all right. What's up, motherfuckers? Did you miss me, bitches? It's your old pal, Applebee's. 
Just wanted to call again to let you know that we got outdoor dining in fucking New Jersey, motherfucker. You thought we weren't fucking around with our seven ninety nine We got half price appetizers with twelve ninety nine dining They'll fuck you up real bad. Chili's got nothing on us. We fucking lit, bitch. Fuck all y'all. Apple beans. God, I wish that was real. I wish that that was Applebee's. I know. I, I so badly wish that were Applebee's newest marketing campaign. Because it would work. It would work. It would work. Like, like it works. It works in two ways, right? If you know your food sucks, yeah, just do that. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Because like you're not getting people to come to your restaurant with your food. Sure. So use some other gimmick to get them to show up. I would show up to Applebee's, I would say at least weekly, right? <laughs> yeah. If if I were reminded of uh, their presence in such a way, yeah, right? Sure. If they were calling, <laughs> if they were calling out local restaurants and or even just personally calling you up, like yeah. Applebee's would find your number and call you and talk to you. Like that. Yeah, it'd be fucking awesome, right? I would love that. Also. Have a restaurant that is undeniably fucking good, but that's your advertising campaign. Yeah, yeah, that's a good look for sure. Yep. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like you you know people are going to come to your restaurant because it's the best in town, so just do that. No, for sure. I mean, I like, I like anything that is sort of like undeniably masterful at what it does, but goes out of its way to be like impenetrably off-putting to 99% of people. Yeah. Like that's my, sh- that's my fucking lane. 100% right. my lane. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I, I don't know who from Jersey is doing that, but, uh, but I, you I, know, I appreciate it a lot. I'm going to say it's Applebee's man. Yeah. Let's just say it actually is Applebee's. Right. Let's, let's not, let's not destroy the mystique. It's, it's Applebee's. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, it's uh, canonically that is Applebee's. Um, also speaking of shitty, uh, uh, shitty restaurants that really lean into like a particular angle for advertising. Um, you know, this obviously Nate, but many of our listeners don't, there is a really, really bad local heavy quotes around this Mexican restaurant called Bandidos that has been around for a really, really long time. And as more, uh, as as Tex-Mex um, restaurants of increasing quality became more common throughout the years, it became evident to pretty much everybody that Bandito's was horrible, not only inauthentic, but just like inedible food. And instead of trying to like up the ante on their actual, their actual quality of their food or to make it authentic, they adopted the slogan better than authentic, which is so fucking sick to me. Like it made me kind of respect banditos. Like I'll still never eat there again, but I like really respected the energy of that. Just like, fuck you. It's better than authentic (laughs) like that. I mean, it's provably fucking false, which makes it even better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Still, I think Applebee's would take him to fucking town. Yeah, I agree for sure. If they if they leaned into this ad campaign, one hundred percent, yes. Yeah. 
Um, so on that note, let's fucking wrap it up. Both of our brains are pure oatmeal at this point and I need to get some ice cream in my fucking belly. Um, so I'll do this, do some housekeeping real quick. I already shouted out G Michael Thomas as a uh, new Patreon subscriber. I think we have another one. Uh, TJ became a a Patreon subscriber like last week, I want to say. So if we didn't shout you out, shout out to you. And then I think we got one other Patreon subscriber, um, that DM, I, I, I think their name is Derek. Uh, and I think it's one of the cats from, uh, from the band Nightwire. Um, okay. uh, he, yeah, he emailed us and, uh, said he's been, uh, he's stoked to support the, uh, su- support the Patreon and is, uh, and is psyched to, uh, jump into the Patreon content. So yo, Derek, appreciate that immensely. Um, shout out to all of our Patreon subscribers. As I said, we got t-shirts coming soon. So just look in the show notes and a link to pre-order. It will be there. And if you're a $10 and up uh, Patreon subscriber, you'll get one for free coming your way uh, as soon as they're printed in a few weeks. Um, if you want to become a Patreon subscriber, it is patreon.com slash demo listen podcast. We got to get a new Patreon episode up, maybe record it sometime this week. Um, it's a very busy season for you, Nate. So I know it's, uh, I know it's tough to find time, but sometime this week we'll, we'll, bu- we'll bang out a new one in the interim. Uh, we still got playlists coming for you every week. So that at least scratches the itch for a little bit of extra content. Uh, if you want to submit music to us, just make sure it's a year or less old. It is demo listen podcast at gmail.com. We'll try to get around to it. And then if you want to call in and leave a message, it is two six zero two 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 eight three four one. Just keep it a minute and a half or under please. And on that note, I think it's time to sign out before either of us says anything else incredibly stupid or stumbles over our words one more time. Thank you for listening, even on our worst of days. And we will uh, holler at you next time. Yep, for sure.